Chapter Twenty Seven of A Daughter of Today by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Even in view of her popular magazine articles and her literary name, Janet's novel was a surprising success there is no reason why we should follow the example of all the london critics except elfrida bell and go into the detail of its slender story and its fairly original broadly human qualities of treatment to explain this the fact will perhaps be accepted without demonstration it was a common phrase among the reviewers though messrs lash and black carefully cut it out of their selections for advertisement that the book was in no way remarkable and the publishers were as much astonished as anybody else when the first edition was exhausted in three weeks yet the agreeable fact remained that the reviews gave it the amount of space usually assigned to books allowed to be remarkable and that the athenian announced the second edition to be had at all booksellers on a certain monday when they say it is not remarkable wrote kendall to janet they mean that it is not heroic and that it is published in one volume at six shillings to be remarkable to the trade it should have dealt with epic passion in three volumes at thirty to him the book had a charm quite apart from its literary value in the revelation it made of its author it was the first piece of work janet had done from a seriously artistic point of view into which she had thrown herself without fence or guard and it was to him as if she had stepped from behind a mask he wrote to her about it with the confidence of the new relation it established between them he looked forward with warm pleasure to the closer intimacy which it would bring to janet living in this new sweetness of their better understanding only one thing was lacking elfrida made no sign if janet could have known it was impossible in her review elfrida had done all she could she had forced herself to write it before she touched a line of her own work and now persistently remote in her attic she strove every night over the pile of notes which represented the ambition that sent its roots daily deeper into the fibre of her being twice she made up her mind to go to kensington square and found she could not the last time being the day the decade said that a new and larger edition of john camberwell was in preparation ten days after her return the maid at kensington square with a curious look brought up elfrida's card to janet miss bell was in the drawing-room she said yes she had told miss bell miss cardiff was up in the library but miss bell said she would wait in the drawing-room janet looked at the card in astonishment debating with herself what it might mean such a formality was absurd between them why had not elfrida come up at once to this third-story den of theirs she knew so well what new preposterous caprice was this she went down gravely chilled but before she reached the drawing-room she resolved to take it another way as a whim as a matter for scolding 
after all she was glad elfrida had come back to her on any terms she went in radiant with a quick step holding the card at arm's length to what she demanded mockingly am i to attribute the honour of this visit but she seized elfrida lightly and kissed her on both cheeks before it was possible for her to reply the girl disengaged herself gently oh i have come like the rest to lay my homage at your feet she said with a little smile that put spaces between them you did not expect me to deny myself that pleasure don't be absurd frida when did you come back to town when did i come back elfrida repeated slowly watching for the effect of her words on the first i think it was and this is the tenth janet exclaimed adding helplessly you are an enigma why didn't you let me know how could i suppose that you would care to know anything just now except what the papers tell you janet regarded her silently saying nothing under her look elfrida's expression changed a little grew uncomfortable the elder girl felt the chill the seriousness with which she received the card upstairs return upon her suddenly and she became aware that she could not with self-respect fight it any longer if you thought that she said gravely it was a curious thing to think but i believe i am indebted to you for one of the pleasantest things the papers have been telling me she went on with constraint it was very kind much too kind thank you very much elfrida looked up half frightened at the revulsion of her tone but but your book is delightful i was no more charmed than everybody must be and it has made a tremendous hit hasn't it thanks i believe it is doing a fair amount of credit to its publishers they are very pushing people how delicious it must feel elfrida said her words were more like those of their ordinary relation but her tone and manner had the aloofness of the merest acquaintance janet felt a slow anger grow up in her it was intolerable this dictation of their relation elfrida desired a change she should have it but not at her caprice janet's innate dominance rose up and asserted a superior right to make the terms between them and all the hidden jar the unacknowledged contempt the irritation the hurt and the stress of the year that had passed rushed in from banishment and gained possession of her she took just an appreciable instant to steady herself and then her grey eyes regarded elfrida with a calm remoteness in them which gave the other girl a quick impression of having done more than she meant to do gone too far to return their glances met and elfrida's eyes unquiet and undecided dropped before janet's already she had a vibrant regret you enjoyed being out of town of course janet said it is always pleasant to leave london for a while i think there was a cool masterfulness in the tone of this that arrested elfrida's feeling of half-penitence and armed her 
instantly whatever desire she had felt to assert and indulge her individuality at any expense in her own attitude there had been the consciousness of what they owed one another she had defied it perhaps but it had been there in this it was ignored janet had gone a step further her tone expressed the blankest indifference elfrida drew herself up thanks it was delightful an escape from london always is as you say unfortunately one is obliged to come back janet laughed lightly oh i don't know that i go so far as that i rather like coming back too and you have missed one or two things you know by being away the lord mayor's show asked elfrida angry that she could not restrain the curl of her lip oh dear no that comes off in november don't you remember things at the theatres chiefly oh jessie jessie she went on shaking her head at the maid who had come in with the tray you're a quarter of an hour late with tea make it for us now where you are and remember that miss bell doesn't like cream the maid blushed and smiled under the easy reproof and did as she was told janet chatted on pleasantly about the one or two first nights she had seen and elfrida felt for a moment that the situation was hopelessly changed she had an intense unreasonable indignation the maid had scarcely left the room when her blind search for means of retaliation succeeded but one is not wholly without diversions in the provinces i had for instance the pleasure of a visit from mr cardiff oh yes i heard of that janet returned smiling my father thought that we were being improperly robbed of your society and went to try to persuade you to return didn't he i told him i thought it was a shocking liberty but you ought to forgive him on the ground of his disappointment the cup elfrida held shook in its saucer and she put it down to silence it janet did not know did not suspect then well she should her indifference was too maddening under the circumstances it was not a liberty at all mr cardiff wanted me to come back to marry him there it was done and as brutally as possible her vanity was avenged she could have her triumphs too and instant with its gratification came the cold recoil of herself upon herself a sense of shame a longing to undo janet took the announcement with the very slightest lifting of her eyebrows she bent her head and stirred her teacup meditatively and then looked gravely at elfrida really she said and may i ask whether you have come back for that i-i hardly know elfrida faltered you know what i think about marriage there is so much to consider doubtless janet returned her head was throbbing with the question why this girl would not go 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 how had she the hardihood to stay another instant at any moment her father might come in and then how could she support the situation 
but all she added was i am afraid it is a matter which we cannot very well discuss then a bold thought came to her and without weighing it she put it into words the answer might put everything definitely so definitely at an end mr kendall went to remonstrate with you too didn't he it must have been very troublesome and embarrassing janet stopped elfrida had turned paler and her eyes greatened with excitement no she said i did not see mr kendall what do you mean tell me perhaps i have no right but he told me that he had seen you at Chaneymouth. he must have been in the audience elfrida returned in a voice that was hardly audible perhaps for a moment there was silence between them a natural silence and no dumbness they had forgotten about themselves in the absorption of other thoughts i must go elfrida said with an effort rising what had come to her with this thing janet had told her why had she this strange fullness in the beating of her heart this sense part of shame part of fright part of happiness that had taken possession of her what had become of her strange feeling about janet for it had gone gone utterly and with it all her pride all her self-control she was conscious only of a great need of somebody's strength of somebody's thought and interest of janet's yet how could she unsay anything she held out her hand and janet took it good-bye then she said good-bye i hope you will escape the rain but at the door elfrida turned and came back janet was mechanically stirring the coals and the grate listen she said i want to tell you something about myself janet looked up with inward impatience she knew these repentant self-revealings so well i know i'm a beast i can't help it ever since i heard of your success i've been hating it you can laugh if you like but i've been jealous oh i'm not deceived very well we are acquainted myself and i it's pure jealousy i admit it i despise it but there it is you have everything you succeed in all the things you do you suffocate me do you understand always the first place always the attention the consideration wherever we go together and your pretense your lie of believing my work as good as yours i believe it yes i do but you do not ah i know you through and through janet cardiff and altogether she went on passionately it has been too much for me i have not been able to govern it i have yielded miserable that i am but just now i feel it going away from me janet she paused but there was no answer janet was looking contemplatively into the fire and i made up my mind to say it straight out it is better so don't you think oh yes it is better so i hate you sometimes when you suffocate me with your cleverness but i admire you tremendously always so i suppose we can go on can't we ah elfrida cried noting janet's hesitation with a kind of wonder 
how should it be exacted of her to be anything more than frank i will go a step further to come back to you my janet i will tell you a secret the first one i ever had don't be afraid that i shall become your stepmother and hate me in advance that is too absurd and the girl laughed ringingly because i believe i'm in love with john kendall for answer janet turned to her with the look of one pressed to the last extremity is it true that you are going to write your own experiences in the corps de ballet she asked ironically quite true i have done three chapters already what do you think of it isn't it a good idea do you really want to know of course i think said janet slowly looking into the fire that the scheme is a contemptible one and that you are doing a very poor sort of thing in carrying it out thanks elfrida returned we are pretty much alike we women aren't we after all only some of us say so and some of us don't but i shouldn't have thought you would have objected to my small rivalry before the fact janet sighed wearily and looked out of the window let me lend you an umbrella she said the rain has come it won't be necessary thanks elfrida returned i hear mr cardiff coming upstairs i shall ask him to take care of me as far as the omnibuses good-bye End of chapter 27